So resurrection can certainly be tricky. It's hard to spot. There's really nothing we expect, right? Our friends on the road to Emmaus, they didn't expect it. Nobody can tell us what resurrection is. But each gospel writer gives us a different understanding of how we can experience it, right? Here, for Luke, as an example, the resurrection is made known in the breaking of the bread. Not in appearances, not in touching or seeing or hearing, but in the community's breaking of bread together. The breaking of bread is the recreation of the resurrection and the remembering of Jesus. In Luke, it is bread, not blood, that is important. Who of us at some point or other hasn't been able to identify with our friends in this story, right? Been on that long, lonely walk between what is and what we hoped would be. That's what Cleopas said, right? We had hoped. It can take a while to get that hope, but I think we forget that part. We forget that sometimes it takes a while. We forget about Saturday. Because we've done to Easter what we've done to Christmas. We've homogenized it, right? We've made it a pretty little story. We've fluffed it up a little bit, right? We've taken away from it the subversiveness. We've taken away from it the mystery and the wonder. We've boiled it down and we've made it simple. And we, unlike the people on this road, well, we know the ending. Just three days. Just three days. When we read the passion narratives on Good Friday, somewhere in the back of our minds we're thinking, okay, yeah, I know we're going to crucify him, we're going to hang him on the cross, but it's going to be Sunday. Right? Skip right over that Saturday. Sometimes it takes longer than three days. A lot longer. We'd hoped that the prognosis was good. We'd hoped that the treatment would work. We'd hoped we'd get that job. We'd hoped... So like Cleopas and his companion, we've been told the good news, right? right? Someone has told us, just like the women at the tomb told the group, but sometimes our pain and our grief are overwhelming. So overwhelming, in fact, that we might forget what we've been told or not believe what we've been told. Like Cleopas and his companion, our sadness, our grief, our sense of loss, our feeling unmoored, our wondering, our wandering can even be obscured and we forget that God is with us. Sometimes it hurts so bad we can't see that God is with us. But because we've packaged it up so nicely, it feels like we're doing something wrong when the miracle hasn't happened for us. Sometimes we look askance at people like Thomas. You know Thomas from John, the doubter. We need proof. Or Cleopas and his friends that say, the women told us about it, but some of our friends went back and they didn't see him. Well, we think, isn't just being told good enough? Where is your faith? Sometimes it's a long journey. 
And we might not be able to see God, but God always sees us. The turning point in this story is when they invite this person whom they still see as a stranger to stay with them for dinner. The story reminds us that grace and hope and healing are found in community. Even in the midst of their pain and their grief, when the chance to offer hospitality presented itself, they took it. They could have pitched their tents and said, you know, look, dude, it has been a really long day, right? A few days ago, we just saw our best friend crucified. We are probably going to be hunted as criminals because we hang out with him. Things aren't looking really good for us right now. And we really do appreciate the conversation that we've had. Scripture study was great. That was awesome. But we're going to go to bed now because we are really tired. It's been a long day, but thank you for the company. They could have curled up in a ball of self-pity, justified no doubt, and cried, why us? And pulled the tent door shut and let the stranger walk on while they nursed their wounds and lamented to God the sorry state of their lives. But they didn't. They felt their grief. But rather than curl up, they reached out. Friend, it has been a really, really, really long day. It's almost evening. Stay with us. Have dinner. Relax a little bit. Maybe we'll talk some more since you seem to be the only one who has no idea what happened today. They invite him in for an ordinary meal. Nothing fancy. Right? The text doesn't tell us that they made a burnt offering. No figs, no grapes, no locusts, no honey. Just an ordinary meal shared between ordinary people. And he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and their eyes were opened and they saw him. Their hearts had to be opened before their eyes could be opened. They had to let go of who they thought Jesus was so they could see who Jesus is. Now, we might not have the opportunity to walk with Jesus in physical form, but we can be assured that God is present when we share. When we share a meal, when we share our stories, when we share our lives, when we share our brokenness, when we share our hopes. When we say yes to the chance to offer hospitality and welcome wherever and whenever, shows up. We may need to expand our idea of what God is, of what breaking bread is. Poet Amy Hunter writes, Yes, the story resonates with a sense of the church and its mission and of the tremendous power of the word and the sacraments to connect us with the presence of God. But its image of God and a church that walks alongside human confusion, human pain, and human loss of faith and hope. Emmaus invites us to expect God to find us. Emmaus challenges us to see that it isn't our unshakable faith and deep spirituality that connects with the risen Christ, but our smallest gestures of hospitality and friendship. No matter where we might be on the road to Emmaus, here, now, God comes to us, walks beside us. All it takes is for us to see that same spontaneous response to God's grace. Amen.